Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Had to wait for the first quarter to come in. John Grayson here with you. Good morning. It is a Wednesday. Old day if it don't rain. And uh, it's not likely to, I don't think. But uh, glad to have you along on the broadcast. We've got a bunch to get into, lots to go over here on the program. As we keep mentioning to you, Coats for Kids is ongoing. Your donations are important to us, and they're even more important to the kids who are without warm winter jackets this year. And you can help out. Just go to KMBZ.com and click on the donate link. Whatever you can donate is most welcome. And, of course, you can do an automatic donation by just texting KMBZ Coats to 4432. One and we'll keep reminding you of that throughout the show today. Uh, we're in the last, we're in the final stretch, and we're really struggling this year. We had a, a real warm snap, and unfortunately, I mean, you wouldn't think that it being warm would make us think, oh, it's never going to be cold, but apparently it does. Now that it's cold, we're starting to see a little uptick, but we need a lot more to happen from you between now and Friday. So anything you can donate again, most welcome. Uh, A couple of things to get into right away. And I want to talk for for just a second here about what we heard during the top of the hour news. I've been following this story a little bit um, about something that happened half a world away from here where yet another V-22 Osprey has crashed, causing at least one death that we're aware of now. But uh, the the details on the story have have kind of, I mean, it's hard to get things from half a world away, unfortunately. But uh, details on the story that we know is there was at least one witness report that one of the engines caught on fire before the crash. So we're waiting for confirmation on that and what that may mean to the crash investigation. But before we even get too far into that, allow me just a second here to explain what is a V-22 Osprey in case you're you're not in case that doesn't really tick anything off in your head. It has been, to my recollection, one of the most snake bit aircraft ever to enter service in the U.S. Armed Services. The idea with this thing, it's called a, it's what they call a tilt rotor aircraft. So, I mean, it's kind of odd looking from, I mean, just a, uh, you know, the standpoint of the, the wings are up on top of the fuselage, so they come off of there. Uh, and it's kind of a, a bulky, dumpy-looking little airplane. It's it's weird, but that's the, only, uh, that's the only sort of adjectives that I can think of to describe it. And what happens is, in normal flight, the wings just like look like regular aircraft wings. It's not a jet. It uses propellers to, you know, propel itself forward. That's why they call them that. But when it's on the ground, it's capable of vertical takeoff and landing. So what happens is the wings themselves tilt. 
So in normal flight, like I said, they're just affixed like a normal airplane. But if it's on the ground, it can tilt the wings 40, no, not 45 degrees, 90 degrees, so that the, the rotors are pointing straight up. You fire up the rotors, and it can lift up off the ground, and then they slowly tilt forward to the point that the plane is now flying forward, and it can do the same thing on landing. But ever since this thing was released, and, and I don't remember exactly what the date was, um, I seem to remember the first time hearing about this plane in like mid-'90s, so we're talking about 25 years plus of service and testing and things like that. And even testing didn't go terribly well. Now, I'm not going to sit here and tell you I know a lot about flying airplanes. I will tell you the exact opposite. I don't know anything about flying airplanes. But when something like this happens, and I keep seeing that same name associated with crashes again and again and again, there was talk early on when uh, when when the V-22 was having the initial problems of scrapping the program of just getting rid of it and they didn't do it i don't know why i don't know what goes into that kind of decision but even though it's a very different situation we're talking about a civilian aircraft versus a military aircraft and things like that i always flash back to when the concord crash happened if you're old enough to remember that the concord was the first supersonic transport that's why they called it the concord sst that was used in civilian air travel at least to the best of my knowledge it was and it was a big deal when it, it was first introduced in the mid-70s there was even uh in the series of airport films there was well i think it was airport 79 was concord you know, there were disaster movies but you know as disaster movies go i guess they were fine but it was such a big deal it became part of the culture i actually saw the concord land on its only trip to tampa i happened to, i lived there at the time and happened to be in the area and thought, oh, okay, well, the Concorde's going to land. That'd be a cool thing to see. So uh, there's a place along Hillsborough Avenue in Tampa where you can stop, and you're right at the end of the runway. And a bunch of people did just that, pulled off the road and parked and you know stood by the fence and waited for the Concorde to land overhead. I was one of them. And it was cool, you know, as, as watching an airplane land can be. But when the crash happened... And if I remember the details right, it was taking off from Charles de Gaulle Airport in Paris. And it hit something on the runway. There was a piece of debris on the runway that was uh, you know, a little piece of metal or something like that that was kicked up by the wheels. And it smacked a hole in one of the engines or one of the fuel tanks or something like that. Something in the back of the aircraft. And immediately it started on fire. So the Concorde got up in the air and almost immediately crash-landed, killing, if I remember right again, everybody aboard. I don't think anybody survived that crash. But right after that, it canceled the entire program. No more Concorde. Done. Grounded. The entire fleet. There has not been a Concorde flight since then. That was one crash. Now, uh, there are plenty of other airplanes that have crashed, and maybe it's a perception thing. Maybe it's like, oh, well, it's a real skinny, very fast airplane. And, and you know, the, and it was more of a perception thing of uh, nobody, you know, it, it, it's been said before that car crashes we're kind of okay with. I mean, not that we're okay with them. We don't want anybody to die in a car crash. But we understand it happens all the time. 
And there has not been a civilian aircraft death in a very long time worldwide. Uh, I mean, there, there have been a few. There was like MH370 and things like that. But especially in the United States, it's been a long time since there was a big uh, civilian, like commercial airliner that crashed or had some kind of disaster. This is good, but there was a while there, again, back late 80s, early 90s, when there was a series of them, of really serious plane crashes. One of the most serious happened outside of uh, Dallas, uh, at Dallas International Airport, uh, where it was an L-1011 that crashed, and it, it, it hit a bunch of cars on the freeway and then crash-landed. It was awful. And when things like that happen, nobody goes, okay, ground all the L-1011s. We're not going to allow them to fly anymore. We just think, oh, it was, you know, it was bad weather. It was a terrible thing. Something went wrong. Maybe wind shear, maybe something. And, and the plane crashed. And those of us who were not directly affected by it go, oh, all right. Well, at least they know. But they didn't ground all of them. And so somewhere in the middle between one plane crash canceling the Concorde program and a zillion other airliners, you know, that, that have crashed over time, not doing that lies the Osprey. And I guess my question here is, from those of you who know, if you happen to have some experience with that plane or uh, or study these kinds of things, if you're military aircraft buffs, is how many of these things have to have this kind of problem before they realize it seems like this plane is a really bad idea? I mean, it may not be a bad idea. Do you know what I mean? The, the idea of using tilt wings like that, the tilt rotor idea, that may be something that can work, but it just seems this platform is so snake bit that maybe we ought to think twice about allowing anybody to fly one of those things. A couple of things that I remember, there was an incident that happened in North Florida. Uh, I think it was near Eglin Air Force Base. Again, you can correct me if I'm wrong on some of the details on this stuff. It was a lot of years ago. But there was an incident where two of them were flying maneuvers at night. Now, this crash that happened in the Sea of Japan was during broad daylight. Uh, and, and it wasn't bad weather. There was nothing else going on. It's just the plane went down. But there was an incident that happened, again, probably about 20 years ago with the Osprey, where two of them were flying doing some kind of military training or maneuvers late at night uh, in North Florida, something went wrong. And it was the stability of the aircraft at when, when it's in that tilt rotor thing where they're, they're tilted back and it's flying straight up. When they're low enough to the ground trying to hover there, they're very unstable, or at least that was the knock on them at the time. And one of them kind of bent off course and hit the other one. So that was one of the first really serious crashes that had happened after the, the Osprey was in use. And it just, I mean, just from a uh, an, an outsider's or a novice's kind of standpoint on this, when you keep hearing this, we don't hear F-15 crash, F-15 crash, F-15 crash. We don't hear, you know, F-22 crash. Time after time after time with this thing, when are they going to realize this platform just doesn't seem to work very well? So if you know more about it than I do, which wouldn't take much, by all means, fill us all in on this, because I would hate the idea that we're putting somebody's life in danger, especially somebody who's serving the country, putting their life in danger by putting them in an unstable airplane, something that really just doesn't work and needs a just a stripped down, complete redesign if we're going to use that kind of propeller tilt rotor design to begin with. 
then we're going to have to start from scratch on this thing because it just seems like that thing is a death trap. So we'll open the phones to you. Hopefully we can get some response on this from somebody who knows a little bit more about it. But if you do, if you are that person, by all means, 913-586-7798. We've got a bunch of things that are going on here in town that are causing all kinds of consternation. Um, we'll get to some of them coming up. But if you can help us get to the bottom of what's going on with this airplane, then please do. Um, and, you know, this this particular crash, again, not to get too far out ahead of the of the story itself, but may have had nothing to do with the instability of the platform. It may very well have just been an engine that blew up. That happens from time to time. But it just was one more thing that happened with an Osprey that made me kind of shake my head and go, how many more of these planes are we going to have to see fall out of the sky before somebody does something about it? 1016, the time. We'll take a brief time out on that. To your uh, to your phone calls just ahead, John Grayson here with you, sharing a Wednesday morning on 98.1 KMBZ. 1020 now the time. John Grayson here with you. A couple of things coming in off the text line um, that, that I wanted to address as part of this. Again, another V-22 Osprey has crashed, uh, this time in the Sea of Japan, and there's at least one death associated with this that's being reported so far. We'll keep an eye on it and see if there's any updates on that. Uh, somebody pointed out it's not the wings themselves that tilt, it's just the rotors. That's That's accurate. Thank you for correcting me on that. The rotors are right at the end of the wings. For some reason in my mind, I had, I had thought that there was more wing past them, but there isn't. They're right on the end. So it's the, just the rotors that turn upwards and allow it to take off straight up and land straight down. Um, but the uh, you know, a couple of you have said that the uh, it, it's not the most dangerous platform out there. And maybe it's just that there's such a small number of them that are in service. There's not a lot of them, but they seem to have had more incidents Per uh, you know, per number of them that are out there, than just about anything else flying. It, maybe that's just my own perception, but it just, uh, I mean, a lot of you are, are referring to the expense of that aircraft, and somebody on the text line said that the reason why they keep them in service is because of their utility. The the text says the reason the V-22 is attractive is that it can haul 20,000 pounds of payload, take off vertically, and fly at 400 miles an hour. Those are three very difficult things to put into one aircraft, and they did it in this one. But, man, if it's costing people their lives, it's it's time for a redesign. So we'll keep an eye on that, and if anything else comes out of this story, we'll let you know. In the meantime, um, and I just, I, I hate even getting into this because of where we are in this story and because of the story itself, but I don't see any way not to talk about this. And this is another one where I, I, I'm essentially going to hand this over to you. And if you want to jump in, 913-586-7798. The story that we've had unfolding over the last couple of days here in town, specifically in downtown KCMO, about the child who was found in an alley Every single, this is another one of these stories where every single new detail that comes out makes it a hundred times worse than it was before. The initial story was very brief, and it said that the body of an under 12 child had been found in an alley in downtown KCMO near 10th Street, and that there was significant trauma to the body, that the child had been declared dead at the scene. The next detail that came out was when we're talking about a child under age 12, what we're actually talking about in this case is a child who's probably five or six. And if there is anything more heartbreaking than that, 
I, I didn't know immediately what it might be until more of the details started to come out. Because the next detail that we got was where this story went yesterday afternoon. That the child is now believed to have fallen and essentially confirmed to have fallen from the apartment complex window above. And that that was the cause of death was the fall. Um, and that cause of death, I should back off of that for a second. That part of it has not been confirmed. That's the assumption. The running assumption is that the death was, I mean, for all we know, the child was dead before the fall happened, which is another piece of this. And I'll tell you right now, I, I'm trying to be as careful as I can about this because the rumor mill is going bananas on this story. As people do. I mean, when we try to assimilate the facts of this horrible, horrifying thing that happened with what on earth could have gone wrong here, then you hear from other people inside the apartment building who are all saying, there's no way to get these windows open. I mean, you can get them open, but they don't open very far, and they're incredibly difficult for adults to open. And this is person after person after person that was interviewed. Uh, KNBC, our, our partners over at Channel 9, did a fantastic job in talking to some of the other people that were there. Because, I mean, I feel for the reporters on this story. As much as I hack on reporting sometimes, because, I mean, it's seen better days. I, I feel for them in this case because they're dealing with a police department that doesn't want to release details and and they're dealing with a situation where we're talking about an investigation into this death that could go on conceivably for weeks because there's going to have to be some kind of coroner's inquest or an autopsy or something to go through and try to figure out what we were just referring to. Is this a deceased child that was pushed out a window or was this a living child who either fell or was pushed out a window and that caused the death? And if so, was there trauma that predated the child falling out the window? And that's where I said the rumor mill is going bananas on this right now. Everybody has a theory. Everybody thinks they know what happened. The fact is, none of us does. We don't know what happened yet. But we want answers. This kind of thing demands some kind of answers. And on, and I'm not. I don't want to give you the idea that I'm picking on the cops. I'm not. I understand they have a job to do, and I understand that that job can sometimes be complicated by releasing too much information to the public too soon. Look at it this way. And again, I am not saying this is what happened, but if their suspicion is that this was a murder, then by releasing information to the public too soon, all kinds of things could uh, could be complicated when it comes time to try to prosecute somebody for that murder, not the least of which is trying to seat a jury. Now, that's not to say that no details are going to be released unless and until there's some kind of trial. There may very well be information released over the next couple of days and weeks, but it's maddening to have this kind of thing happen because what we do... And as somebody pointed out on the text line, yes, the child was also found with no clothes on. Um, what we what we tend to do in a case like this is we juxtapose it against other cases where, you know, guy shoots another guy outside of a bar because they got into a fight at 2 o'clock in the morning. 
by 7 o'clock in the morning, it's being reported on the news here and on TV and in other places that two guys got into a fight outside a bar and one shot the other one to death, and he's now in custody. And now here we are, and it's two days later, and we have one of the most horrifying news stories that we've had in a very long time. And what do we know for a fact? Almost nothing. And, and it's frustrating. Now, we're not the ones, quite honestly, even though we all have a hunger for knowledge about, about a case like this, we want to know how on earth could this have happened when you have people who are inside the apartment building saying, they're saying the kid just fell out that window? Uh, I don't think so. Now, just it's also true that just because a lot of windows in a building are hard to open doesn't mean they all are. So we have to we have to be again really careful about letting our own minds fill in blanks here that have not been filled in. Um, this is the latest statement that we have from the media relations unit commander, Captain Corey Carlisle. This is KCPD, I'm assuming, uh, Colin. Okay. And I'm going to quote this directly and just read to you what we have here and then open the phone lines to you after the bottom of the hour. Detectives have confirmed the child fell from the apartment building. The circumstances surrounding how the child fell is still under investigation. That should be R, but whatever. Uh, This case is being classified as a suspicious death investigation at this time. No information about the child will be released. I'm going to pause there for a second and say, that's fine. I mean, all we know is male child, and according to people in the apartment building who knew that male child, probably around five or six years old. But as far as not releasing names or anything like that, fine. No no quarrel with that at all. Back to the quote. No information about the child will be released until identity, uh, until uh, identity, it says identify, but identity has been confirmed and the family has been, have been notified. It may take several weeks for investigators to get reports from the ME's office to follow up on other leads during the course of this investigation. Surveillance footage confirms the child fell from the building, pardon me, and the investigation is ongoing. At the conclusion of the investigation, any potential criminal charges will be referred to the prosecutor's office for review. So again, that's exactly what we know and nothing more, but... It's it's unfortunate that what's going on because of that is it's opening the door for social media to lose its ever-loving mind. And I will tell you that just this morning, I've seen seven or eight different theories about what happened here. So if you've got something to say about it, I mean, and, and do not, and I, I don't have any interest in uh, keeping that rumor mill cranking, that's not my intention here at all, and I really don't want to hear that. But if you've got a comment to make about the, that flow of information and what we as the public have a right to, if anything, when something like this is going on that has the entire city demanding answers and wanting to know what happened here at this apartment building, then by all means, join us. 913-586-7798. 913-586-7798. John Grayson here with you to you just ahead on 98.1 KMBZ. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is back. 
and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. 1034 now and straight back to it we go. Uh, we're going to kind of back up just a little bit before we get to your calls on uh, on this story about the child who was killed falling out an apartment window in downtown KC in just a minute. Before we do, though, we were talking earlier about the Osprey crash, the latest one, and Timothy in Kansas City has got some more information on, us, on, on that for us. Hey, Timothy, welcome in. Thank you very much. You have a great show. I appreciate it. What's on your mind? Uh, the problem with that airplane is the pilots need more training. I'm a retired test pilot, and they try to fly them like a conventional helicopter. And when they get down to the ground, there's a special effect from the blast coming down out of the rotors that creates like a mini tornado that hits the ground, goes back up and around, and comes and forces the plane actually a big giant helicopter into the ground so it's a matter of training uh, i've looked at them closely i have a nephew that flies them and i pretty i have guys that i know that fly them they're a safe piece of equipment they're just different what is it that you have to know that a, that a regular pilot either a regular helicopter pilot or, or somebody who you know flies propeller planes a lot doesn't know about flying that how do you keep it stable well it's a matter of when you come in for a landing, not so much taking off. The taking off is easy because that's always at full power mm-hmm. and up you go. But the landing, the stuff on the ground creates a wind that goes back up and around like a mini horizontal tornado yep. and pushes the plane down. They just got to be more careful, and it takes more training. That's all. Okay. All right. Uh, Timothy, appreciate it. Uh, so uh, if that's the case, I, I would I would wonder why the military hasn't caught on to that yet. And I'm not saying he's wrong by any means. He's probably exactly right. But if that's the case, then why are they letting somebody in that plane who doesn't have the training or doesn't have the number of hours necessary behind the stick of that aircraft to be able to fly it safely? So, again, we'll we'll watch for the details on this case. It may have been a simple engine failure. Uh, it it could be something as as just normal. Uh, I hate to say normal because engine failure isn't. But something as... Uh, non-specific to the aircraft in this case anyway that caused the crash so we'll let you know as soon as we hear more about it from the military meantime we'll go to uh, kansas city where steve's calling in hey steve welcome into the program well this little boy that was found uh i believe there's two components to this story that we've not been told but these are the reasons that it's it's being withheld uh first of all i think there was a sexual abuse component to this story was found naked um and, you know, children and adults, I mean, we all have an aversion to heights. It's just a natural thing. You look out of a window and you immediately back out, oh, yeah. and particularly if you're not familiar with, you know, if you've worked on heights. I've worked in high places, and you get comfortable with it. The next thing you know, you step off and you're dead. But, but it's not natural for a child to climb out of a window. Uh, the second thing is with this particular story, in addition to there being a sexual uh, abuse a, a component to this story is if this was a straight couple who were the guardians or parents of this child, they would have been perp marched and all over the all over the news. Their pictures would have been, you know, 
all over the news. I suspect there's another component to this story that this is either this is a gay couple, well, see, probably. Uh, gay I'm men. not. No, see, Steve, I'm not going to do that because that's exactly the kind of rumor, rumor mongering I was just talking about. You're guessing. And I'm not going to play that game. Uh, I mean, even the sexual abuse component. Look, kids take baths. OK, now, as far as the, uh, the you know, he's right about the fact that, yes, we all have a natural aversion to heights. It's one of the the few is sort of innate fears that we all have. Um, and I mean, there's all kinds of indications of it in, in human culture. Uh, so th- that's true. But remember what happened to Eric Clapton's kid. Now we're talking to ki- uh, I think in that case, how old was was Clapton's son when he died? Two, three. So we're talking about a kid who would be a little bit older than that, but not much. So, again, jumping ahead of the story like that and going, oh, it must have been a gay couple who were sexually abusing. Come on. I, I mean, no, we're, we're not going to just sit here and guess. So, uh, you know, when it comes to see, and, and this is exactly what I was talking about. I do not understand that mechanism in in people um, that, you know, we're just going to take our own innate prejudices and ascribe them to every story we don't have any details about. But if you're talking about a reason why to release detail, or at least as much as you have, if you're the authorities who have them. And that was another thing that I was hearing, by the way, a lot yesterday and early this morning was people who were online saying, the cops know what happened. They're just not telling us. They're just holding it back on purpose. Maybe. Maybe not. We don't know that. That's also a guess. So... Uh, I guess the case to be made for why you would release as much information as you have at the time is exactly that. It forestalls this kind of garbage. And I don't know that there's anything. I mean, the I guess the argument on the other side of that is, okay, so you got some guy who's going to sit out there and speculate and flap his gums about something he knows absolutely nothing about. So what? I mean, what's the real harm that comes from that? Eh, probably not much, because if you're the kind that's given to those kinds of prejudices in the first place, you're already spouting that kind of nonsense. So, I mean, if if everybody is of a given belief, and it almost sounds like I'm, I'm making a case for spreading fake news, and I'm not, but if everybody is of a given belief because a rumor gets started, then what's the worst thing that could happen? The worst thing that could happen is that you eventually have the truth come out and a bunch of people have egg on their faces. You know, like the ones who were saying that that crash in Buffalo last week was terrorism and all looked really stupid after they said that because they let their preconceived notions and their prejudices run away from them. You'd think we'd learn not to do that after a while. Meantime, we'll go to Adam and Lawrence up next. Hi, Adam. Hey, dude, how are you doing? Um, So you kind of hit on multiple points that I was going to make, but uh, you first asked um, if we have any right to information, and I don't believe that we do. I mean, the police have a reason to not release information. They have reasons to release information. And, yes, we do have a right to free speech, but I don't think we have the right to tell the police what, when, what information we get. Oh, no, you're absolutely correct Um, on that. If if I I gave an impression that I thought it should be otherwise, I, I didn't mean to. No, no, no. I, you didn't. I was just giving my, my two cents as to why I sure. thought. But uh, anyways, the other point that I was going to make, and you just touched on it just a couple seconds ago, um, people inherently have prejudice. prejudice. And in, in the vacuum of information, people are going to create their own information. 
And since this is a child, the emotions of this case are already going to be heightened. Um, and you start having people with certain information or without certain information, the prejudice is going to be there, and you make it that much harder to find a non-prejudice uh, jury. Yeah. So, and it's le- if you have a prejudiced jury, then you're less likely to get a successful prosecution. And I don't. I think that's why the police. I believe they have more information than they're giving, and I'm I'm fine with them not giving information. Even though the the presence of the vacuum is creating the rumors, in the end, the the damage that those rumors can do if they do have a suspect in uh, in 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 mind or in custody or whatever, that could create a prejudice against any kind of um, jury that we might get. Yeah. Um, so what do you do? I mean, how do you strike that balance? And I'm, I'm I will tell you this: I'm glad it's not my job. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Unfortunately. I don't unfortunately I don't think you can unless you give out all the information you you have because it's human nature to create rumors and information when you have none so the only way to release or to, to quell that is to release information yeah. but by releasing information you can also taint, uh, taint, um, uh, taint any jury so it's kind of catch-22 right Right. And so they're going to err on the side of caution, especially in a case like this where they where they want to they want to if there is to be a prosecution, if this was not a tragic accident, uh, which, again, given the information we have, it could be they're calling it a suspicious death investigation. So what does that mean? Well, not much. But, uh, yeah. you know, if there is to be a prosecution here, they want to have a, spe- uh, a successful one. So, yeah, their best option is to keep their cards close to the vest. Correct. All right. Yeah. Adam, right, well said. Hey, thank you for getting in. Um, and and maybe I'm just blue skying this and trying to look at it as, as taking some kind of positive, looking for the silver lining in this cloud is maybe if and when. I mean, if you allow these kinds of things to go on. And, and for those of you on the text line going, well, if you don't want that stuff on the air, keep it off the air. We don't know what he's going to say until he says it. And, you know, once he started going down that road, he was gone. And that's why um, we want yeah. to we want to have as free a flow of information as we possibly can around here. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to sit here and wait for some guy to just go speculate. And I can't I can't exactly be like, hey, <laughs> yeah. this is what they're going to say. Right. And completely expect that now, they're going to follow through with what they told me that they want to talk about. Yeah, thank you. A little behind the scenes here, Colin. Are, are you saying that people have actually lied to you about what they're going to say on the air before? What? <laughs> people lie? I know. Crazy, People right? don't tell the truth to uh-huh. me yeah. when I'm trying to do my job? What? Uh-huh. Yeah, I know. No, I'm, I'm not going to come down on you, buddy. Not at all. <laughs> You're just doing your gig over there. But, but yeah, that's, I mean, unfortunately, that's what we're left with. Uh, but yeah, looking for a silver lining in this is maybe if you let all of the rumors and all of the nonsense out there and you just let it flourish and just sit there and don't say anything until you actually have some solid information to provide to people, then once the the, the true information comes out and blows all the rumors out of the water, then maybe people will realize, oh, okay, well, if I am called for a jury on this, all the crap that I heard that people were just guessing about was just that. It was a bunch of blather and hot air. So maybe I should sit down in my juror's seat and listen to what the prosecutors and the defendant uh, defense attorneys have to say. I, I know, I know. <laughs> Pie in the sky, right? 
Yeah, but sometimes I have to rely on that or I go even more crazy. Ashley's up next with us out of Kansas City. Hello, Ashley. Hey, guys. Um, We don't have all the information on this case. This may have just been a horrible, horrible tragedy. To me, any time that a 12-year-old or 11-year-old, I can't remember exactly how five or, this young person. Five or six. Um, okay. Yeah, it, 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 I want to go back on that, too, but, yeah, continue your thought. Oh, well, any time that a five- or six-year-old child dies and is not in a hospital with some sort of horrible, god-awful disease, to me, that should be a suspicious death because of their age. Anybody who's probably under about 50 should be a suspicious death when it's that way. Has to be, yeah. Yeah, this is a horrible tragedy. But I would like to make the point that there are heterosexual couples out there who are not perp-walked when they leave their kids in a hot car. Yeah. And who are not charged. So let's not go out there and talk about people's sexuality and, oh, that's why they're keeping it quiet. No, how about they're keeping it quiet because they don't have all the information. And like we were talking about, was it yesterday? I think with the um, Chiefs player, you know, it's not the retraction that gets the attention. So I think that's why they're reluctant to put out the information, because if that information turns out to be incorrect, it's not that the new information, the correct stuff that's going to get the attention. Well, yeah, but Ashley, I mean, don't the police have a long history of going way out of their way to protect the gay community? Oh, wait. Oh, uh, no, (laughs) not exactly. See, you know, uh, I don't understand why everybody just automatically has to say, oh, well, this is a gay couple. That's Mm -hmm. why they're protecting them. These are parents. I don't care if they're gay, straight, whatever. They are parents. And they still deserve yeah. some degree of sympathy dealing with the death of their child. Now, if they if push the kid out a window or something like that, no, nah, burn them. Under okay. the jail, right, exactly. Yeah, yeah exactly. But, but let's but, wait until we know, because, you know, the, when we were talking about what, what's the possible harm that can come from this, we have seen that go off the rails before, too, where, where you know, mobs, uh, what's, what's the line from Young Frankenstein? A riot is uh, a very dangerous thing. Yeah, if people decide they know what happened and take ju- you know justice into their own hands, that never tends to end well. Exactly. And these people, if you know, it comes out that this was just a horrible tragedy, which I hope that it was. I know that's a terrible thing to say, but I do hope it was a horrible tragedy. What kind of persecution and heartache and harassment and et cetera, et cetera, are those people going to have to suffer before that actually comes out? How about everybody take a breath and figure out what's really going on? Then we can talk. You got it. Ashley, well said. Thank you very much. We'll take a brief time out here. We'll see if we can squeeze in another call or two before the top of the hour. Shift some uh, some gears and get into some other lines of of, uh, of discussion. I'll get my words straight sooner or later, I promise. I talk for a living. Did I mention that? Uh, but we'll do all of that just ahead. 913-586-7798 if you want to jump in. Back to you just ahead. John Grayson here with you on 98.1 KMBZ. 1053, real quick, uh, and we, we will get back to the phones here in just a second, and we're talking again about the death investigation into the, the child who we now know, according to the authorities, fell out a window of an apartment building in downtown Kansas City, and all of the the rumors and everything that have sprung up because of that, uh, and we haven't outlined what all of the rumors are, simply because we don't want to go spreading them either, but uh, th- that just talking about that case and how to, as we kind of put it earlier, strike that balance between giving information to the public, 
so that we have a better idea of what may have happened here versus keeping things close to the vest and allowing the rumor mill to continue to crank while the investigation is going on so that if there is to be a prosecution in this case, it's a more successful prosecution. It's not an easy line to tread, but it's the one that they unfortunately have to. Somebody, though, just texted in, I've never understood why people care about a matter that has nothing to do with them. Um, I think there's a couple of answers to that, and I, I think I know what you mean, but there's a couple of different answers to that. Number one, we are curious about human nature just by the virtue of the fact that we are human. And if we see something that's way out of bounds, it's the reason that I've always given for why I read true crime books. If there's something that is so far away from my humanity that happens in a human being or because of a human being, I want to try to figure out what makes that happen. And it's never going to, I'm, I'm never going to get it. You know, I'm never going to understand what makes Charles Manson, Charles Manson or made. He's been gone for a while now. Um, but it's that pursuit of, of a better understanding of what it means to be human. The other piece of it is in a case like this, um, you know, why people care about a matter that has nothing to do with them. I think on some level, we all have an interest in justice And if we see what we perceive as a horrible injustice happening, like the death of a child, then we're going to want answers. And we're going to want answers because we want justice to happen and we don't want to have to wait for it. Now, unfortunately, we have to wait for it. But that doesn't mean that it's going to be that that's going to be satisfying to us. Off to Diane and Leavenworth real quick. Hi, Diane. Hi, John. I I told Colin. He does a very good job of screening some of these idiots, and he can't be responsible. <laughs> Thank you. And for yes, the he does. Ignorance that they spear out, you know. But this little guy, a, a person that says they don't understand why we're we're inquisitive. If if you're human, if you're a parent, a grandparent, just like well, just a human being in itself, you see that a little person like this has has gotten killed or murdered, um, you know, or, or accidentally died. We're all interested. If you have any humanity at all, you're interested in how this could happen. Yeah. You and, know, and interested and, in seeing if somebody did something wrong that they actually do pay for it. Right. And, and the people that are coming out with the gay thing and all this crap, I mean, it has nothing to do with that. Let the police do their work. We'll find out what's happened to the little person and, and quit speculating. And, well, I'd like to say something else. <laughs> I, under, I understand where you're going. Diane, thank you as always. Appreciate it. We'll see if we can sneak in real quick here. Uh, Lori, your last word is yours. Tell us about it. I, I just think we're being given too much information. Uh, nobody really is going to follow that story to the end to see the, the complete details. So I, I just don't think we need the information. Okay. All right. Uh, thank you very much, and thank you for getting it done quickly as well because we are, uh, in fact, up against the top of the hour. I will say to that, I disagree with that only on a personal level. I can't, I can't vouch for what anybody else is going to do, but I've seen too many stories like this uh, over the course of you know doing this for a living for a long time, that I, I will follow this one to its end, no matter what that end happens to be, because I, I'm interested in seeing, I mean, how can you, uh, we had four boys, okay? And 
how you could have a, a child who is five or six years old and look down at them and not want justice for every other five or six-year-old kid who has something awful happen to them and want to know every detail of that, uh, yeah, I, 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 couldn't, I couldn't let that go, and I won't. We'll do some more talking after the top of the hour. Shift some gears. More to come. News is next on 98.1 KMBZ. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission.